0: Okay, I am here with uh, uh, the legend, Biff Naked. Uh, I will save everyone excess biographical information um, as doing like a little research on you. I think, I think uh, it's been done, but you've You're lived quite kind. the life. Yeah.
1: I think everyone has actually. I mean, you know, I'm biased because I'm Generation X. So I think every Generation X kid has probably lived 10 lifetimes more than any generation that has come after us. Uh, But I'm biased, you know, of course I am. Everyone says this.
0: Yeah, I'm already starting to feel like a distance from the Zoomers, you know, as a millennial. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yes, yes very much so
0: uh, uh how would you define like gen gen x like what are the defining i know i could define a boomer pretty easy but gen x I don't oh know.
1: yeah i don't know either like so the boomers i guess like we used to think that the boomers were all yuppies yeah. and now but because they got corporate jobs and because they you know had they wanted to get houses they had you know two kids or all these Kind of stuff seemed to come easier for them. I think the millennials are kind of were kind of the same because they didn't want to be Gen X. I mean, we were all slackers. We all dropped out of university, all of us, and we still ride skateboards at fifty. And uh, you know, all the people we idolized when we were twenty five were fifty year olds that were riding skateboards. I mean, it's sad. And I just think, yeah, we've become what the hippies what we used to think of the hippies. You know, yeah. they were, all had like gray hair and they just talked about hippie things that it was so cool, you know, love man, the time of love, free law, all of a sudden we were like, Man, these people are like you know, the 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 smoke affected their brain, like was the <laughs> yeah. and now that's us. That is us because the millennials were like they all got degrees, almost all of them, but they can't there's no jobs. So, I mean, actually, they're not in any better position than the Gen Xers slackers were, um, except they have student debt on top of it. And, uh, yeah, I think that I think that we have a lot in common uh, in many ways. But now the generation that's coming up now, like my manager's youngest is just has just turned 12, for example, and it, it's a different ball game. Like there's it's just so different. You know, everything is everything is only online. You know, my mother punished us by taking away our curling iron. Okay, now, if you cut, you have to cut the Wi-Fi
0: because you can't
1: take a kid's phone because they need a phone because they have to call you at lunch. Like, how did that happen? I'm not sure. But you can't take a phone. So you have to cut the Wi-Fi to punish kids, but they'll find it. They'll find some other Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So I guess with with the the, the access to everything, too, like. uh, You know, you've been in the music game to see various changes in in format and such. Do you think that music has become a little bit, uh, I I guess I'm like loading the question, but do you think the value of music, I suppose, has changed?
1: No, not at all. And I think that, you know, I think that music will always be of value to the listener, you know, or to the fan of that artist. I think that it's always going to take... Uh, a person on an emotional journey, whatever it is, and it's going to allow us to let out steam. So I think for the artist, I think the main thing about music is it's always been cathartic to write it and then performing it, get out of here. There's nothing yeah. better, you exactly. know, than to, to you know have a nose full of snot and sweat and like, you know, just yeah. give it. Um, there's nothing better. It's very, very cathartic and same with writing it that hasn't changed. Um, But not being able to do it as often um, has changed for a lot of bands that relied on it for a living. Yeah, particularly in
0: in the world of like punk and and sort of the more DIY world. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, and when we couldn't, you know, when we did door deals or when we relied on merch, for example, um, you know, that's kind of been taken away a lot of bands have pivoted they have online a lot of online stores online content um streaming shows which you know in from my experience doing them they kind of you know just kind of sucks it's just you know i wasn't one of those artists that really looked forward to playing on facebook live every friday a lot of artists did that but you know ultimately that's a free thing so for artists to then turn around, other artists turn around and say, well, we're gonna charge for this streaming show. People were like, well, yeah, we ain't gonna pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and fair enough, why should they? No, these other artists aren't making them pay for it. So it, you know, in the last two years of you know, all the bands pivoting, it's been a bit of trial and error, I think for everyone. And I think people got frustrated, but you know, there's a lot of people who aren't qualified to, to do anything else. You know, everyone dropped out of university and basically did, you know, punk rock or power rock or prog rock or metal or whatever they've been doing for 30 years. And now you've got an entire, you know, bunch of like thousands of people in our, our, even our techs, like the roadies, like you have thousands of people who are like in their 30s, 40s and 50s and they have no training. They can't actually, you know, get a job other than. You know, something that's requires no training. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a very interesting time to times, square indeed. One, you know, Kind yeah. of. And I think that's daunting for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't want to be a dishwasher. Um, yeah. I like, I, did I that like, for a why, long time. <laughs> so did I. And that's yeah. why I said, and I, w- I became a dishwasher uh, in Winnipeg in, I forget what year, I was 18. Um, even though they were hiring servers, waitresses. I kind of left the waitressing to the preppy girls, and I wanted to get, apply for the job I knew I would get hired for, because I really needed a job. We were on welfare, for God's sake. And, uh, and I got the job as a dishwasher. I loved it. I loved it. I folded yeah. my smokes, smokes up in my, in my <laughs> sleeve, yeah. and, uh, and all the staff asked me every day if I spoke English, which I found was very interesting. Um, is
0: that, that's because you were a dish a, a dishwasher, dishwasher yeah plain
1: and simple why yeah. else would I why else would I be washing mm. dishes and, and I found that that really um, gave me a lot of information about the world we live in at a yeah. young age and I felt it was really in, an important lesson for me mm. um, but I loved it and I love washing dishes and um, you know I always say if I you know people say you should go to this yoga retreat or you should go to this camp or you should do this I say, the only thing I'm ever going to do at a place like that is wash dishes. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all I want to do, you know? Hospital worker, dishes. Like, just yeah. give me – I'm a dish pig. Let's be honest. I'm <laughs> yeah. a dish pig.
0: It's the original pit, you know?
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. It kind of stinks and rags get moldy and stuff and you kind ah, you know, you gotta yeah. still do it. But it's important to have those jobs, you know? Parents yeah. out there listening, any kid needs a job that's, like, basically – you know, the, the worst. And then they'll always be happy with whatever they do after that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, too. I like, I like too. It's like, it's good to, you know, we live in a world where people want to go up and up and up and the dishwasher is the very, very bottom of the food chain. Uh, and there's something actually sometimes, but it's kind of nice almost being like, uh, like just, this is my responsibility. That's right. I don't have it's, authority in this situation. It's, it's task-oriented. Spiritual... Yeah. You
1: feel satisfied at the end of the shift because you ha- you can't leave until everything is completed. Yeah. So there's yeah. a satisfaction. yourself. There's a sense of, you know, you take pride in your work.
0: Yeah, that's a very optimistic way of looking at bitch <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, 100%. Uh, so I guess speaking of optimism, I read uh, an article that you wrote, uh, I believe at either the end of last, uh, last year or the beginning of this year, um, where you talked about sort of uh, not being not being about this idea of uh, toxic positivity.
1: Right. I hear uh, it all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm kind of on the same page with you. Um, and I'm just curious, like, like, but I also like, you know, I personally struggle with uh, knee jerk cynicism, you know, um, which
1: is funny, but which is funny. And humor yeah. is a real and, and being cynical and being um, kind of skeptical um, I think it's okay because it's something that allows us to protect ourselves. You know, it protects our disappointment. Yeah. You know, it really does. So it insulates us. And the same goes for optimism, just like being the class clown or, or people who always make, or who, people who are like nervous laughers. Um, it's self protection. And I think positivity as a self protection is. I think it's really healthy, actually. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because I'm you know, trying to always be positive, even if things suck. And they've sucked many times in my life and will again. And generally, when things really, really suck, I kind of just deal with that myself. I don't necessarily internalize it. Um, You know, it's nothing that I would ever share or spout on social media or post. Um, It's just not, it's not my generation either. Yeah, You know, the the generations today, they post everything that bothers them, Um, even things that seem, um, you know, perhaps insignificant, like the mean lady at the deli. And then, you know, or whatever the case, and not that that's not relevant or real to that person. It's just that, you know, the way I came of age. Uh, as a female, particularly in the music business, I never complained even in the most misogynistic, sadistic people's company. I mean, I never complained because I didn't, I knew I had a responsibility to to, the chicks everywhere to represent and I was gonna be always positive, professional. Uh, never give the wrong idea you know I, I absolutely quit drinking because I just absolutely never wanted to be misinterpreted especially when I was a young artist it was really important to me not to you know get you know be too hypersexualized, especially if that's not what I was putting out there you know it was, yeah. it, it's so funny now because I think that that really was a foundation for me growing up I wasn't an adult really till I was about 40 but prior to that it was I was young <laughs> I was like immature, like making all bad decisions all the time. I still make bad ones, but now I only blame myself for them.
0: Yeah. And have a positive outlook towards the bad decisions. A
1: hundred percent. And I believe in that, you know, there's some, um, I don't know, like, I, I really think that it's okay to think that the cup is always half full, not half empty. I don't think that that's toxic. And I don't think that it is, um, you know, parallel to denial or anything like that. And I don't think it's, you know, especially when it comes to myself, when it comes to other people, certainly, you know, you can't be too positive if someone is, you know, uh, dealing with something that's upsetting for them or, or, or stress or crisis. So obviously, you can't positive it out with them. Yeah. You just can be a friend or be a listener or try and help in some way. Um, but, yeah, I don't think positivity is toxic. I just don't. I just can't. I just don't think
0: that. Yeah, and it's you know, it's uh it's it's, it's 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 there's this idea that it's uh that by preaching it on behalf of yourself uh means that you're encouraging others to follow that philosophy. But that's that's not not necessarily true. You know? No,
1: no, absolutely not, because there's a lot of people and you know, in my own circle of friends who love to be negative, they live for it, they love it,
0: yeah. it's because it's
1: it's a habit and sometimes it just, it, again, it's possibly self-protective in a way. Um, you know, I have, um, my, my partner Snake is notoriously grouchy, notoriously dour look on his face and everyone thinks it's very funny. Um, Cause it's just, you know, he's just never smiles and all this stuff and it becomes a bit of a joke after a while, yeah. uh, but that's just how he's built. And this is how I'm built. You know, it's pretty funny. I'm an elevator talker. I'm sure it's no, it no, comes to no surprise, <laughs> yeah. uh, but like my sister and for example, my partner are absolutely, they would die. If I started talking to people in the elevator, they would just be like dying. Like, oh my God, will you please stop talking? <laughs> they just what would you, what would you a, say to someone
0: a. in the elevator? What's What would be like your go-to? like?
1: Wow, a, I like yeah. your shoes. <laughs> or <laughs> how old is your dog? Or oh, look at your dog. Can I pet your dog? Or boy, it's cold. Did you have to shovel today? Like it's just, it never yeah. ends. It never ends. It never ends. I can't not do it. I mean, they but, could probably put bets on it. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're the Canadian stereotype, I suppose. Oh,
1: it's so yeah. terrible. And I yeah. can see they're like this. <laughs> I have to, it's just yeah. like, I don't care. And sometimes people like, even last week I had, I was going down to my parquet because we live in a high, high rise here in Toronto right now. And uh, this girl was in the uh, elevator with me and uh, you know, I walked in, she was already in, you know, everybody's math. You only allowed two people in the elevator, by the way, I've always jumped right in, but I asked first. And uh, so I went in there and she was on her phone in the elevator. I don't know how old she was um you know er- everyone's the same adult she's yeah. an adult and she had a nice she had like um like flip-flops on i guess there's a manicure place near my apartment building uh and she had like fancy toes she was pretty fancy looking and i was like "Ooh, wow you know ah, your toes look so great did you get them down downstairs nothing not a word didn't even didn't even acknowledge me and i just thought, oh. Um, and I never said anything after that. And then I thought that was very awkward. <laughs> I should have like continued to go. Oh well, anyway, if you go to the place next door or something, so, you know. But <laughs> yeah. no, I did. I didn't. I just I was like, okay, no problem. You know, she's yeah, talking to mommy. Maybe
0: she had those AirPods. In. Maybe it's
1: possible. Those are very obvious looking, though. That's I always true. wanted them. I think they came with my iPhone 11 or something. I'm pretty confident. I threw them out. I'm not sure.
0: Seems like Um, an easy thing to do.
1: Yeah. I think that I didn't understand. And I mean, every phone you get, every iPad, every laptop comes with those. How many do you really need? Um, And I'm pretty confident. I lost them or threw them away. And then since then, I've been chasing the dragon about it going, Oh, well maybe I should, maybe I should buy those. Wait a minute. They're like $250. Forget it. I don't need it. I'm good. Like these ones are, this is from the airplane
0: they're they're functional like, though right
1: yeah because uh, they're black they don't like they don't show glaringly yeah. you know to do zoom like the, the, the white cord does but yeah my manager has really fancy uh, ear like bluetooth things yeah. sort of snake but i
0: yeah. always like sound like in a room i don't know why i do listen to music on headphones and, and mm. talk, but i prefer i've always preferred it in a room you know what? yes
1: I mean? yes me as well yeah yeah. I'm trained to do Zoom on headphones though because it's usually very loud wherever I am. Right. Yeah. And today sense. is no different because I, I'm in my apartment and my partner constantly has a din that exists. It's either F is for family, family guy, or some one of the Avengers million movies, or something okay. that's is always the din that's happening besides him mixing.
0: Yeah. So very, very cartoon oriented, I guess. Uh,
1: and I was just like loud, a high volume. So yeah, it's hard to hear over it. Uh,
0: something I'm curious about is, uh, uh, this, and this kind of ties into the positive philosophy is like you are, you are uh, uh, of multimedia, you know? Um, okay. media. Yes. Multi- like, like not just music, I should say, you know?
1: I understand. I do feel like I'm multi um, I think that uh, music was the place where I found the opportunity to get on a stage. And I think that's why it was a good fit for me. I always wrote terrible poetry, you know, like every other girl in grade six. And lyrics were a great outlet for me. And to be able to pair those with being in these bands was like, finally an outlet for all this like terrible writing, like forlorn lovesick writing I always did. Yeah. And and it was just a really good fit. I like painting. I don't do it as much as I used to. Uh, I used to do a lot of painting, but I had a lot of space when I lived in Vancouver. So it was yeah. a different space that I lived in. And um yeah I love writing. I really do. I think of I think of writing all the time. I would like to write books in all of my dead dog's voices for okay. example so I mean I always have ideas but you know anyone can do that I think that I have had a WordPress for years that I keep paying for but I mean I don't know the past I've never even logged into yeah. it same with blogs and stuff like that I think it would be a great outlet for a person um but I don't know I I like everything I like doing just about everything
0: so you're not a subscriber to uh spreading yourself too thin I'm not either to be clear, but
1: um, I tend to do one thing at a time. I do get, like anyone, I think I would get overwhelmed. Uh, right now, we're finishing a record that was finished already twice. And then, of course, the pandemic. So yeah. that allowed us the opportunity and the time to, just to go tinker with it a little more. And then we wrote another 10 songs. And then we just went into, and it's like, and now basically it's going to be a triple record by the time it comes out. Because why not? Because yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there are lo- one thing about um, the the times that we live in is it, you know, it's limitless. The amount yeah. of music you can release. You don't have to stick to the record companies. Well, we like to put 10 or 11 records on, on a song, on a album, please. You know, now there's no rules at all. You can release a single every week if you want to. You know, there's yeah. just no rules. So... Yeah.
0: And you Triple can record. like not adhere to genre necessarily if you're not uh, sort of pigeonholed by a label. Yes. Like, and your 100%. audience, if you're if you have an audience that just likes you for you, you can do you can do whatever the hell you want. Basically. That's
1: good. <laughs> I hope that is going to be the truth. Um, I've been very lucky over the years being able to kind of you know make their albums all a little bit eclectic. You know, every song is kind of different from one another and. Definitely with the new record, it's it's that times a million. I mean, we have a thrash metal song. We have, okay. you know, some, some very sparse piano ballads and yeah, it's just, I can't wait to finally get it out there because we've been, I feel like we've been sitting on it for so long.
0: Do you have a release date?
1: No, we did twice already. We had a release date we were going to do in the fall of 2020 and then you know, partly it was COVID and then just basically, there was so much social unrest that summer. There was a, you know, an awakening, a racial um, uprising, you know, a justice um, movement that happened. And to me, it just was like, this is way more important than a fifth naked record man. Like, no, I'm just not, I'm not interested. uh... yeah yeah Yeah, read the room partly but also because i was not interested in anything else but um but the movements that were happening and then you know once 2020 uh was uh ending and we were heading into 2021 we released the second single that we had delayed for six months which was broken your car and um yeah and then the where we are here in ontario then it went into lockdown again and then it went into a stay at home order uh so things went from bad to worse and i was and everyone was and all the tours got canceled our Buck cherry tour got pushed off again and it was just like oh my goodness and then i just thought yeah people are flipping out people are stressed everyone's losing their jobs yeah i don't really want to put out a biff naked record
0: you know and that was
1: just and so as time goes on now it's a a runny joke because everyone's like well it's kind of like the end of the world every year i'm like well but i'll just release all the songs that we've been writing so you know it'll be like 30 songs or more
0: Then you kind of get a blank slate with no like hangers on that you have to think about and be like, this song was pretty good. Maybe this could have been on the record,
1: and it's just right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Put it all out there. There's a yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we've been sitting on for a long time. So it would be fun to just have it all released.
0: Cool. Um, I got one more question. Uh, just what's uh what's inspiring you right now in general? Like, what in any music? Any? It's the most generic question ever, but. You know. oh
1: it's not gene- it's not a generic question everything inspires me so I think it's a really important question there's a book called the Art of Happiness okay. that a fan actually told me he was reading and even though I had always kind of done dives into reading a lot of different uh, books on theology I love theology I love uh, I don't think I love religion per se I think yeah. I love people's um, Need for it, you know, and I think that is just partly. I blame my parents for that because they were squares and and missionaries. Parents
0: were yeah, missionaries, right?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I blame my dad because he just was like he just basically taught us about every religion and encouraged us to always explore, which I did. I mean, you know, Krishna punks were right up my alley when I was a young person, of course, and then. Just over the years, a,
0: a Wikipedia rabbit hole on that subject. When oh, was, my yeah. goodness.
1: It's so interesting. Yeah, you know, it's very ultimately, bizarre. It's, it is bizarre. And, you know, the older I get, the more uh, the different lens I look at it with. And it's just kind of like and again, with Gen X, you know, a lot of these guys, it's still all the same. It's still all the same. Nothing's changed. You know, their devotion has never waned. And I think that's interesting and also very noble um, and authentic because that's authentically who they are. And um, it's just cool, you know, it's really cool. But uh, right now I'm still inspired uh, by Buddhism. I always will be, I think it's really rad. Uh, there's a guy named Bob Thurman, Robert Thurman, who I just, uh, uh, just admire so much. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I think that living out here In Ontario, after living in Vancouver for 30 years, um, which was my entire adult life, a lot of people just were like, you know, why would you do that? But you're so beautiful, da, da, da. But, you know, I fell in love with uh, with Toronto. And the area that we live in is, uh, technically, I think it used to be called South Etobicoke. And the reason I like it is because we have BMXs. Of course we do, because we're 50. Um, And we ride around the back lanes, and there's a lot of illegal chop shops. And I'm obsessed with the mob and crime and criminals. I always say I miss my calling as a cop. I would have loved that. Um, I could never probably pass the pull pad or whatever the the fitness test is Uh, and I would probably be a very terrible cop I wouldn't want to give anybody tickets or anything but um it's just been fascinating and it's beautiful out here there's cardinals all the time they are hilarious they flirt with you um the songbirds out here are just incredible I had in my life I have never really um heard so many songbirds I mean it it sounds so silly and simple but It's amazing. And this area, I'm sure it's probably the same in New England. I'm sure this whole area is like that. But because I had always lived on the West Coast, um, you know, there there's no cardinals. (laughs) I don't think there's any cardinals in Vancouver. Um,
0: Not, Not that I've ever noticed. No.
1: Yeah. It's just been it's been really cool getting to know stuff like that. And there's a lot of nature here. We live right on the lake and the lake's so big, it might as well be the ocean, you know, yeah. it's like, it's massive, um, so it's been really nice, I like summer, I don't like rain
0: yeah, I'm with that Did this glitch
1: out and I, finally, I'm getting homesick finally I'm getting homesick
0: of Vancouver? So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah finally, it took me a couple of years, but yeah we, we, do miss it a lot
0: yeah, I lived there in the summer and it was, uh in Vancouver, and it, I liked it. I didn't love it.
1: Where are you now?
0: I'm in Victoria.
1: Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful.
0: I like. I love it here. Honestly, I was born in Winnipeg, so
1: oh, like, yeah. well, I wasn't born there, but I grew up there. Came yeah. of age there, I guess. When did you move to Victoria?
0: When I was fourteen. I 13?
1: see. Yeah. I see. So your parents are out there too. Yeah. Yeah. We're all Very nice. Victoria is amazing. Yeah, a it's a beautiful nice. city. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to go to Vancouver. BC yeah. is beautiful in general, but yeah, yeah, the island is really special. Yeah,
0: there's the bustle really in these big cities that just brings me down, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Toronto has that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's very isolating though. We don't, and because we live in South Etobicoke, um, it's just so different. It's so different from living in Toronto. And there, we've made friends here that have come over, and they just don't understand why we live here. They just don't understand. They're like, you "Gotta show um, them the chop shops." They're like, "What is so? Why don't you live in the city?" We're like, "Come on!" And besides, here it's like, I mean, it's such a melting pot. You know, BC is very, very interesting demographic, unlike anywhere else in Canada. Yeah, it's
0: it's very bizarre.
1: Uh huh. And, and Toronto isn't just such a melting pot. It's just been so interesting living here. Um, very, very interesting. But yeah, we're really looking forward to coming back to the island. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that uh, Doug Fury, who's, who was my longtime guitar player, I played with Doug for 15 years and then he went and had a studio for 15 years um, and he'll be performing with me in Sydney. Uh, along with Snake and Chico, who is my drummer from my third band when we were twenty one, nice. um, i don't know that Doug has been to the Mary Winspear before, uh, even though we played many times over the years in, in uh, Victoria and Nanaimo and like all the, all the stops. but yeah it's going to be really, really nice to go there.
0: Cool, and it's this. It's the tour is called the Songs and Stories, right? So
1: well, that's what the show. The show that's we're doing true. in Sydney is is an acoustic show, uh, which is a lot of the songs are kind of introduced uh, via storytelling through the book that I wrote, by bificus which mm-hmm. now to me is like hilarious because it came out in twenty sixteen. I feel like I've lived ten lifetimes since then. A yeah. uh, little bit of misadventure here and there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a way different show than the rock show. It's uh, we laugh, we cry. I love it. Uh, I usually, you know, I might go sit in the audience, but now because it's COVID, I'm not allowed to probably do all this intermingle. stuff. That we, we'll see what it's yeah, like. Yeah, we do lots of stuff. One of the last times we did a Songs and Story tour, I fractured both of my uh, uh, my tibias. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) on the stage. Long story. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But that's okay. We got through the show and uh, and uh, even the little, the little. Oh, sorry. Uh, Oh, this is Ace. Yeah. So this is Grace Freely who was sleeping. So we had to do a show at the Rose Theater in Brampton, and because of COVID, they had nobody. To kind of they had no staff so i had to bring the dog on the stage in her little house like in her little yeah. carrying case and we put it underneath our table because we have to have a table because uh, the guys they drink wine to try and numb the pain of how much i'm talking really. yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. they guzzle wine and i'm also seeing you know we're seeing stories about like you know, just things in life, you know, that w- were from the book, like, you know, things that are sometimes kind of harsh, you know, there's a particular song always drives snake crazy about me running away from home. And I go into the story and then we sing the song, I always cry. And these guys are so embarrassed every do it every time. And he's just like, Oh, I see him reach for the bottle every time. And I'm <laughs> like, you're just going to have a headache. Like, Really, it's not that big a deal. Companies heard the story a lot, so we—it's it, a very special show. I'm looking forward to it so yeah. much.
0: All right. Well, I got to see it. I got to. Oh, it. you
1: have to come. You yeah. have to come.
0: I think I will. Let uh, Eric
1: know. Let Eric know, and I'm sure that he can put you on the guest list.
0: That would be. That would be awesome. Of course. Um, okay, I was supposed to tell you that uh, Leah and Michelle send you a lot of love. Aww. Those are friends of mine.
1: Very nice. That's, we'll tell them thank you. <laughs> <would>. <laughs>
0: uh, cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about?
1: Um, no, just really looking forward to coming to BC. And we were waiting, obviously, uh, to hear all the restrictions, whether or not they were going to be lifted or changed or what was happening. And, uh, but, you know, we're committed now. My flights are booked. Very and, good. Uh, and we're coming. So I can't yeah. wait. Hopefully, uh, I, I and here, it's through. freezing. Yeah. So it'll be nice to, to be in D.C.
0: It's a lovely day today in D.C.
1: Oh, is it? Oh, man, it's very it's nice. nice. Yeah. Here it was minus 13, which isn't as bad as Winnipeg. My sister dealt with minus 34 this morning. Oh, man. I know. I can't remember it. You know, no, since I don't a remember long- either. Yeah, but. I can't really remember. Uh, but here it's like it's it's not often that cold because it's southern Ontario. It's kind of but they had a dump of snow and now it's cold so but it'll be spring in like you know what six more weeks eight weeks
0: something like that yeah
1: yeah that's not long cool glass is half full
0: (laughs) yeah all right uh, i'm gonna stop the recording thank you
1: thank you